Welcome to LongTrailPodcast.com, a new series of podcasts about Vermont's Long Trail, the oldest long-distance hiking trail in the United States. We are podcasting from Camp Rough and Tumble in Faston, Vermont, our hiking home in the Green Mountains. I'm Ruff, and my wife, who is also my hiking partner, is Tumble. In today's podcast, I recall my recent hike on the Long Trail with my son, whose trail name is J.B., and his 90-pound yellow Labrador retriever named B.J. We hiked three days on the Long Trail North, from Hazen's Notch to the Canadian border, and then out on Journey's End Trail, a total of 20.4 miles, including side trails. Friday, June 27, 2008. After a week of prep, which included two local hikes with Tumble, after a two-and-a-half-week span off the trail, phone calls, emails, preparing meals, packing up my backpack, and studying maps, I was ready at 2 p.m. to go meet J.B. Our plan called for my son J.B. to leave work and drive home to Newton, Mass., to pick up his hiking gear and his yellow Labrador retriever named B.J., and then drive to Vermont to meet me. Our route was selected based on our last hike together on the Long Trail. In 2004, we had undertaken an early July hike north from Johnson to Canada. We had mutually and mercifully cut our hike short at Hazen's Notch after four days, 30 miles, blisters, and near exhaustion. The exhaustion part was directly related to the exertion of over 15 miles on day two, an ambitious but faulty decision. This time we planned to pick up where we left off, hike the remaining 20 miles, and reach the northern terminus of the Long Trail and the Canadian border by late Sunday. After spending a celebratory night at Journey's End Camp, we would hike out to the car and rejoin civilized existence. A marvelous and exciting plan to provide closure to an adventure started four years earlier. I left the battleground and drove north on Route 100, through Waterbury, Stowe, Morrisville, and Eden, then north on Route 101 through Troy, then west on 105 to North J Road, and finally north to the junction of North J Road and Journey's End Road, arriving just before 4 p.m. to meet my hiking partners. I brimmed with nervous energy, partly in anticipation of backpacking for three days on the long trail with my son, and partly with apprehension at attempting a hike of this difficulty so early in my hiking season. In a typical summer, I don't reach decent hiking shape until sometime in August, after 20 or so hikes including a couple of overnights. So far this summer, I had been out a total of eight times with no overnights, and the weather report called for lots of rain through Monday. I called J.B. on my cell, and he excitedly reported that he was in Vermont and within a half hour of arriving. While I waited under partly cloudy skies, I took photos of the intersection while reminiscing about my and Tumble's short stay at this intersection after finishing the entire long trail back on September 9, 2003. J.B. pulled up in his Honda Pilot around 4.35 p.m. I greeted him and B.J. and briefed him on the location of the parking area at the west end of Journey's End Road. I would follow him in my car and be prepared to stop and turn around and wait if the road became too rough for my Volvo wagon. He quickly changed into his hiking shirt and transferred his gear into my car, and off we went. As we drove... The woods became closer to the road, and the dirt road narrowed. Despite all the recent rain, the road was passable. 
As we reached the old lower lot, I signaled to JB to continue on to the upper lot while I turned my car around and parked. I walked to join JB and then we walked back together to my Volvo. As the afternoon wound down towards evening, and with BJ standing excitedly in the rear section of the car, we drove south towards Vermont 58 and the junction of the Long Trail in Hazen's Notch. We both remarked on how beautiful and totally rural the northern Vermont countryside is. Out the right side window, J.B. could see the big outline of J. Peak as we continued south. We arrived at the small parking area on the south side of the road around 5.45 p.m. B.J. bounced out when J.B. opened the rear hatch and excitedly began investigating every plant, root, and rock in the area. We put on our loaded backpacks and J.B. applied some anti-tick medicine to B.J.'s back. He then strapped on B.J.'s brand new Petco doggy backpack, whose two side pouches contained his leash, bowl, a supply of dog food, and some dog bone treats. I locked the car and we looked at each other and simultaneously said, let's go. It was like Lewis and Clark when they left Missouri for their short jaunt across the west, wagons loaded and ready for adventure. What could go wrong? This was to be an adventure full of positives and negatives. At exactly 6 p.m., we crossed Hazen's Notch Road and ascended into the woods past the long trail sign, which dutifully told us that our night's destination, Hazen's Notch Camp, was a mere 1.5 miles north. It was warm and sticky. B.J. swung in line behind J.B.'s lead and then went past him, up the trail, then back, then into the bushes, then back on the trail, etc. He seemed determined to leave no bush unmarked and to transform our 20-mile journey into his personal 100-mile trek. The trail started out paralleling the road and fairly flat. As we sailed along the first couple tenths of a mile, we inhaled the damp smells of the forest and felt good to be finally on the move. The air was still and miraculously there were no bugs. The reverie abruptly ended as the long trail suddenly turned right and climbed steeply up Sugarloaf Mountain. Now, the trail is just there and does not do climbing or turning of any sort, but our angle of ascent transitioned in an instant from, say, 5 degrees to a calf-wrenching 45 or more. After five minutes, we were both sweating profusely. I love that combination of words, and were surprised to be struggling so soon into our hike. I blamed the high humidity and also opined that time of day was also a factor since we were both more used to morning exercise. Possible personal explanations of advanced age and pitiful physical conditioning were internally considered and rejected. Our spirits were more than willing and we continued on and up, secure in the knowledge that we were on a modest-sized mountain that soon must reveal its summit. On we went, up and up and up. We attained Sugarloaf's height and stopped to catch our breath and allowed our heartbeats to descend below maximum. After a gradual descent of 15 minutes, we spotted the sign at the junction of the side trail to Hazen's Notch Camp. It was 10 minutes past 7 and a little over an hour until sunset. The side trail down to the shelter was rocky and very muddy and we heard voices as we approached. There were a man, Aquaman, and a woman and three children. One of the boys was named Slasher, plus another single female hiker with gear in the shelter. They were all seated around a campfire, talking and looking at the slowly view clearing view to the north. 
J.B. asked if there was room in the shelter, and they said there was on one of the lower bunks. He began to settle his gear inside and then feed B.J., and I immediately set off in search of a spot to string my hammock. I found a nice, open, hobblebush-surrounded spot only 60 feet from the camp and set up my hammock with my new rainfly detached. Then I joined J.B. at the excellent water source behind and below the camp and privy and purified water to make dinner and refill my water bladder. We boiled water at the table in the camp and enjoyed our dinners. J.B. came through with raspberry Milanos for dessert, and then we joined the group outside and around the campfire. B.J. sprawled next to us on the dirt. I couldn't believe there were no bugs, but I wasn't about to complain. The woman was from near Hartford, Connecticut, and her two kids were hiking south, where she planned to finish her end-to-end hike that she started in some other year at Taylor Lodge, just south of Mansfield. The man with her was a friend, and he and his son joined her today. The single female, whose trail name is Moonstruck, is a recent UVM graduate from Essex, who is end-to-ending north prior to entering grad school at Harvard to study biochemistry. She planned to hike all the way to Shooting Star tomorrow and finish her hike on Sunday. Suddenly a lit ember shot out of the fireplace and landed near B.J. J.B. sprang up and grabbed B.J. away while I stepped on the glowing fragment. That was enough for J.B., and he said goodnight to all. I headed for my hammock and called Tumble to report that all was well. My hammock was extremely comfortable, and the night air was pleasantly cool but not cold. As I lay there waiting to fall asleep, I heard something coming through the bushes. It was B.J. who came up to the hammock and brushed his big body against mine. He put his muzzle on my bug net, and I unzipped it to reach out and pet him. Good night, B.J. Then he headed back to the shelter, and I closed my eyes for the night. Positives for the day. It didn't rain. There were no bugs. I found a beautiful spot for my hammock. The folks at the shelter were friendly. The water source was a good one. J.B. brought raspberry Milano cookies, which he shared. I felt okay despite being drenched from the exertion of hiking up. Negatives? Lots of mud on the trail, and the haze that obscured the great view north to Jay from the shelter. This has been a presentation of LongTrailPodcast.com. We hope you will return and enjoy future podcasts about Vermont's Long Trail. Until then, this is Rough of Rough and Tumble, Long Trail End-to-End 2003.